Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Bez Hashem, we're continuing on today with Hey Amud Beis, Maseches Brachas, and we're going to have three sections in today's Amud. We begin the very last line of Hayamud Aleph, and we'll turn to Hayamud Beis. The first section we deal with here on the topic of Yisurin, the Gemara talks about losing children, Lo'aleinu, and Saras, that could afflict a person, and how it's considered Yisurin or Yisurin Shalahava. Rabbi Yochanan teaches us, someone who is involved in Torah, Gemilus Chasadim, and buries his own children, I mean, Lo'aleinu, a terrible thing, but he's forgiven for all of his sins, and it brings sources for each of these ideas. Rabbi Yochanan continues to teach another Mamer, and he says, Tsaras and children are not considered Yisur and Shalahava. So the Gemara explains, firstly, regarding Tsaras. When would it be considered Yisur and Shalahava, and when would it not be considered Yisur and Shalahava? So first, the Gemara explains is, the first explanation the Gemara says, it acts as a kapara, like the, the, the Brisa calls it, Mizbeach kapara. It is an atonement, um, but it's not Yisur and Shalahava, it's, it's, it's only an atonement, not Yisurin Shel Ahava. The second explanation the Gemara says is that there will be a distinction between Bavel and Eretz Yisrael. That regarding Bavel, where someone who had Saras was not sent out of the camp, so that potentially could be considered Yisurin Shel Ahava. But in Eretz Yisrael, where he's sent out of the camps, because of the Kedusha of the, of, of the encampments, of Eretz Yisrael, that would be considered not necessarily Surin Shalahava. And thirdly, the Gemara says there would also be a distinction if the Tsaras afflicts a person in a covered area of his body versus a revealed area. In a covered area, it wouldn't be it could be a Surin Shalahava in a revealed area. The shame that it causes would make it not necessarily a Surin Shalahava. Now regarding children uh, who pass away, so the Gemara explains children are not considered Surin Shalahava when he didn't when the person didn't have any children at all so if a person didn't have any children at all that wouldn't necessarily be included in the category of Yisurin Shalahava but if someone did have children this is how Rashi learned and they ended up passing away Lo'aleinu that would be considered Yisurin Shel Ahava moving on to the second section the Gemara tells us four stories regarding Yisurin so there's three similar stories where a certain rabbi was sick another rabbi went to heal him and the rabbi who came to heal him asked him do you want these Yisurin? And he said, I don't want them or their reward, meaning he, they recognized there was a certain reward associated with Yisurin, but they didn't want it. And then the visiting rabbi was able to heal them. Within these stories, the Gemara brings out the idea of Ein Chavush Mater Atma Besa Asurim, which is that if somebody is entrapped, he can't relieve himself of that suffering, but someone else has to. And also the Gemara shows us an idea that Rabbi Yochanan, who was so beautiful, they cried because they realized that his beauty would all be buried and... and uh, eaten by worms, essentially, in the ground after he passed away. And the fourth story the Gemara brings is that there was a, a, one of the Amoraim, Rav Huna. He had 400 barrels of wine that spoiled. The rabbis came to visit and gave him gentle rebuke because they knew that even though his sharecropper was a thief and stole from him, nonetheless, he should not have withheld certain items that he didn't sh- split with the sharecropper, which was the branches of the, of the, of the vines. Rav Huna accepted and he understood that's why his wine had spoiled. And the Gemara says just when he accepted, either his wine turned ba- his vinegar turned back into wine, or his vinegar became the value of wine, and uh, vinegar in the market became the value of wine, and he was able to 
recoup his losses. The final section, the Gemara tells us now, is that uh, two points of Abba Binyamin and then the idea of not leaving your friend before he finishes davening. So Abba Binyamin said two points. He said, firstly, um, I was always careful to exert myself all the time to not perform any work or even learn Torah before uh, reading Kriyashma and davening after getting up in the morning. And the second thing I was always careful is that my bed was between the north and south, as Rashi explains, because the Shechina is in the east and the west. So this was a hakpada, particularly in terms of having relations with his wife. It wouldn't be appropriate for the Shechina to be between east and west. And the Gemara says it's a schus if you have your bed in such a place between north and south to have male children, as well as that the woman who are become pregnant from this kind of a situation will not miscarry. Final point the Gemara tells us if two people enter to Davin and one finishes early, he should wait for his friend before leaving. And if he doesn't, the Gemara tells us that his tefillah will be torn up and the Shechina leaves the Jewish people. And turning to Vav Modal, if the Gemara tells us, if you do wait, so then there's all kinds of brachas that a person will receive because of his patience and waiting for his friend to finish. We're stopping here at the top of Vav Amud Aleph. Be'ezvus Hashem will pick up with Vav Amud Aleph tomorrow. In the meantime, everybody have a wonderful day.